creative journey is not an easy one. We're here to help. The Lightning Rod is a safe space to talk about branding, marketing, business, and the creative industry. Today's episode is hosted by Tammy and Min. All right, we are back. What is today's episode about? Oh, it's going to be a big one. We're going to be talking about mental health in schools and specifically in art school. Mm -hmm. So right now, as you all know, I'm a graduate student at SCAD Atlanta, and this is just my own personal experience with it. This is no hate towards my school. I love SCAD. We are a big fan of SCAD Atlanta. We've interviewed so many SCAD students. I have a lot of pride in my university, and I'm just, you know, I'm just going to talk about my own mental health and my own individualized experience with it and how I cope with it and how I'm better how I'm worse and how to deal with that kind of stressful environment yeah so I think the larger takeaway to keep in mind today is that it's less about the school actually it's actually more about how you deal with those situations while going to art school yeah and honestly most art schools most specialized schools in general Mm -hmm. and not just art schools like so my boyfriend he goes to a specialized school Mm -hmm. he goes to Georgia Tech that's a specialized university in the tech industry Mm -hmm. the STEM fields most specialized institutions are very intensive. Crazy intensive. And honestly, I think the thing that really a lot of people struggle with, not just art students, but anyone really in specialized schools, is this concept of imposter syndrome. Mm. And I must have heard the most talented people, they are industry ready. They could go be picked up by DreamWorks today. And they still feel like I'm not good enough. Mm. I'm not the best. I'm not like I am a hack. By comparison to these other people and i think the reason why is that specialized schools you are not in a typical university where at georgia state i was an art student studying along with an accountant mm-hmm. you know i was an art student studying along with somebody who was going into the medical field mm-hmm. and obviously like i have really good friends who are in nursing school right now that i went to undergraduate with they couldn't draw for shit, mm-hmm. and you know, among my peers who are accountants and nurses, I was a really pretty good artist. Mm-hmm. But now in a specialized university, I'm not anymore. Yeah. And and it, I think it's because you have to think about these specialized schools are breeding grounds because recruiters actually go to these universities, like those breeding grounds to find people. So mm-hmm. it has to be competitive and it has to be crazy intensive. So right. keep that in mind when you're, you know, registering for these, these universities. schools. <laughs> Because I would never do it. Honestly, for me, I think it can push you to be so much better than you are mm. because you're surrounded by people. Your professors are all industry professionals. Your students that you work with are going to get jobs in the fields that you want to go down. Mm-hmm. So you're going to learn so much from these people because you're surrounded by people who are studying the same things that you're studying, essentially. Mm-hmm. But also, it just breeds this culture of high competitiveness and also just a really strong internalized feeling of, am I good enough? Am I worthy enough? I'm not good enough. And I know factually there are students at these specialized schools that they work 14 hours a day. They don't move from their seats and they just Which work, we talked about before. Which, yeah, we've talked mm-hmm. about. They just will work and work until they're dead. And their personal lives suffer. Their romantic lives, their lives outside of schools really, really suffer. Mm. And I think that today's episode, I just want to talk about things to do to help with that kind of stress 
that kind of feeling of like, I'm just burned out. I'm not good enough. I feel like panic ensue. You know, I feel this horrific anxiety of, will I find a job in my industry? And I think this is a very specific thing for artists in general, because mm -hmm. we're told throughout our lives, like art kind of has a bad rep of you might not get employment or employment is dodgy. Like, how are you going to get money? Like, those are the very, very loaded questions that I think I get from a lot of people who aren't in the art world. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of parents ask those questions all the time. Especially anything creative. So, like, people still think that graphic design or anything along those lines, you're not going to make any money. Yeah. When if you land the right position at the right time, you could be making huge money, like, exactly. from those fields. I think for me, with mental health and with art, there's this also this really horrific stigma or not stigma, this stereotype of, oh, if you're suffering, like you, your art's going to be beautiful. Like, you know, it's a very weird glorification or romantification mm -hmm. of depression and anxiety. I'm going to break that reality. I'm going to break in right now and tell you realistically, when I had depression, disassociation attacks, my art was fucking shit. When I started taking care of myself and started taking care of men, my art got better. Yeah. So I have this one professor and I think he's just brilliant in the way that he tackles mental health and the way he tackles how to deal with the stress of the industry. I remember the very first class I ever had with him, the very first time he even spoke to anyone in the class was he asked us all individually, what do you like to do outside of art? Mm -hmm. What is the thing you like to do? And honestly, at that time in my life, art was the only thing I did. And I actually struggled to answer that question. I was like, well, I mean, what do I do? I just kind of lay at home and watch TV. Like I, and I realized I had for, forgone so many of the things I did outside of school. And art just became my full identity, which is so not healthy. That's a very toxic relationship with something that you love. And I love art, but just being consumed by it all the time. It's a toxic relationship. It's like, imagine if you saw your boyfriend or your husband or your wife all the time, like 24 seven, mm -hmm. like you have no break from that person. Like they're just always clinging to you. That's, would you say that's a toxic relationship? Yeah. And just, just talking away from the art um, conversation, just in general, if you go anywhere with like that significant other, every single second of the day clinging to one another, where is that divide? Where is that time for yourself to take care of yourself versus like you always having to take care of another person? It's yeah. just, again, it's, like you said, toxic. It is toxic. And it's a toxic mentality to have. And mm -hmm. honestly, I just hit a breaking point where I'm like, I need to step away from this and do some other creative things. And I think for me, especially, and for a lot of artists, art was their hobby that they kind of made professional. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting because art was that thing that would relax me and make me feel whole, you know, after doing chemistry or math all day at school yeah. and middle school and high school. But now it's the thing that's causing me the most stress. Yeah. You know, so I had to think to myself, huh, you know, I need a new creative outlet. Mm -hmm. I need something else to do that's still creative that I can release some other energy, but that isn't drawing at a Cintiq all day. Mm -hmm. So I started getting back into music. That was my second love in life. I yeah. loved music. I love singing. I love specifically jazz music. Honestly, I, power metal all the way, but I can't, <laughs> your boy can't roar like that. <laughs> like I can't growl like that. So yeah. So basically I think getting into another creative thing or just if you like soccer, 
Mm -hmm. do soccer find that moment to do something other than art and i can vouch for this because i don't talk to men every single day but when i see them online there's a pure difference from the men that was here a year ago because men recently got into like you know jazz again and all that stuff now going to classes or you know hanging out with other people etc that do that specific creative outlet there's a big change in personality there's a big change in how they appear in photos they actually take more photos now than they did a year ago and yeah. it's insane just to see like the the change because back then you used to just take photos of you know like you drawing or you doing something else etc now there's workout photos there's pictures with you and your boyfriend there's pictures of you doing other things outside of that creative work that we all know that you do that's yeah, crazy it's just it is crazy like, crazy to see from the audience perspective too yeah like honestly a lot of my friends have even said to me you look like you're glowing yeah like, like there's a different glow for yeah, sure and honestly like i think the biggest change that i've made in the last years i lost 75 pounds mm -hmm. just um from stress like i was just like again i was just working 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 non-stop and my art was suffering like because if you're just constantly doing something and not giving yourself that room to breathe mm -hmm. yeah your work's gonna suffer a lot and yeah just going to the gym a little bit more and like we talked about with the snowball effect in our first episode our first anniversary episode with finding your style it's a snowball effect of positivity if you take care of yourself then you know you're gonna lose weight you're gonna get healthier you're mm -hmm. gonna eat healthier and it's just when i slowly started losing like i started losing 15 pounds like oh i want to keep this momentum going mm, yeah. how else can i be healthier and it's just really encompassing in self-care every single day talking to a therapist if you need to talk mm -hmm. to a therapist i never ever ever shy away from telling people to talk to a therapist if you have a dentist you should have a therapist if you have a um like a physical health physician like you go get a physical you should go see a therapist Honestly, I recommend seeing a therapist, even if you're not struggling with anything, if you're just neurologically typical, you don't have any neurological issues, I still recommend just talking to a therapist. And they actually do recommend that because the point where you feel like I need to go to a therapist, that's the most dangerous point is that you now realize there is a problem when the problem could have been developing all this time yeah, way exactly. beforehand. Exactly. So like, honestly, I think like, even if you're neurologically typical, mm -hmm. I still recommend going to see a therapist because it's like for me with my office hours with my professors, mm -hmm. even if I have an A in the class and even if I'm not struggling, that's the reason why I'm not struggling mm -hmm. is because I'm utilizing their office hours even when I have an A because that prevents the struggle from even happening. I want to nip it in the bud. Yeah. So I recommend always seeing a therapist, always, always, always even if you think the situation is small, mm -hmm. there is a way that they can teach you how to deal with it that will prevent an issue. I believe in preventative care yeah. all the time. So I think with industries that are very hyper-specific, you need to take that break away mm -hmm. because all day long, you're surrounded by people who are in that world. You're surrounded by people who do the same thing that you do. And it leads to that very unhealthy, very toxic comparison all the time and it leads to a lot of resentment that that can brew inside of you a lot of people feel very a passive aggressive resentment for their fellow colleague mm -hmm. you know or their fellow student or their even their friends you know it's just like why can't that be me like i am i not good enough like am i worthless 
and it leads to that really toxic place. Yep. So honestly, I think it sounds so counterintuitive, but just taking that step away, talking with people from a different perspective, that can really help you. And that's not to say don't go to a specialized school. Mm -hmm. I still felt that way at SCAD or excuse me, at Georgia State, just scrolling through Instagram, mm -hmm. like looking at other artists who are industry professionals at 22 and I'm 22 applying to grad school, mm -hmm. you know, so it's not just a specialized university, even at Georgia State, which is a university that was a general school. I still felt a horrific imposter syndrome because I'm like, oh, I don't have an Etsy store for my art. I don't have thousands of Instagram followers. I'm not like representing my art at big conventions. I don't have a booth there. What is wrong with me? Why can't I be there? I need to get better. Let me sit for 16 hours a day doing absolutely nothing but drawing and burning myself out and hating the things that I'm producing because I'm tired. Yeah. And I'm just working until 2 a.m., losing sleep, eating unhealthy, not exercising, just working on my craft all day. And it made me even resent my craft. And I think the darkest hole that I went down is, do I even like art? The thing that I loved since I, I'm 25, the thing that I've loved since I was five years old, the thing I love since I started kindergarten, do I still even love it? And if I don't love it, who am I? What's next for me? And it led down a dark existential hole. Yeah. And that all could have been avoided if I had just grieved. You're not worthless. You are doing the best that you can. You are your only competition. Go talk to a therapist. Go build some grounding strategies with your therapist. Go seek the help that you need. If it's medication, if it's therapy, if it's a creative outlet that isn't art, please seek that out and you are not worthless. You are working at your own pace and you are your only competition. And your progress is recognized by people. It's recognized by your professors. It's recognized by your friends. It's recognized by everyone. And I think my final note is that if you do have somebody who is in the industry and you know is your friend that's ahead of you, this is not a race. Be, celebrate their accomplishments and be so honored that you're friends with them because they probably feel as shitty as you do sometimes. And I'm sure that they'll help you grow too because we're all growing together. And I think uh, this came out such a wholesome episode. Yeah, very wholesome. I just didn't even say anything. Yeah, I just listened I just to you. I'm like, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you got me monologuing. <laughs> yeah, you got me. I was like, damn, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you got me on a monologue. <laughs> but I think that was a good note. I think... If you can't afford the therapy, which we understand and we know that it's not affordable for everybody, there's other outlets. See what you can do within your own means and go from there. Yeah, we're closing off. Since yeah. we're being wholesome, we love you guys <laughs> and we love to see your art. Yeah. And if you're proud of something that you drew or something that you created, something that you filmed, something you photographed, we'd love to see it. And we'll be your biggest fans. Yeah, tag us on Instagram. We'll reshare it. We'll do whatever we can. All right. We love you guys. Keep drawing. Feed your hustle. Min win. Tammy win. We're signing out. Bye. Did you know that we have an entire content library for you to learn from? Check out our website for more information. Thanks for tuning in today. The Lightning Rod is powered by the creative folks.